Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ash Milman. Hello. And Rachel Shackleton. Good day. Do you guys like festivals, I say? I, do yes. I like our festivals, Scott? Just festivals in general, Rach. <laughs> Are you a big old uh, fan? Sure, I love a good festival. Do good. You, what do you mean? Do you mean a music festival? No, I don't. <laughs> this is pioneering a whole new type of festival, which I'm not cool with, but we'll see how we go. Um, so yeah, basically there's a whole thing came out that E3 is sort of rethinking itself for mm. next year. And um, the ESA, which is the body behind it, are going down this festival route which, in theory, gaming festival sounds cool. Yeah, it does. It does. It sounds cool. Mm. Now, so we were talking about this before, and uh, I was like, do you know what? It's cool that E3 are trying something new. Uh, however, Scott doesn't feel the same. Well, it's not. No, it's definitely it's definitely the case that they, they can try something new. And like, you can go to over to the main World Culture Gaming channel and find uh, the breakdown of the report itself because there are all sorts of corporate style things about the power of social media and exploiting Generation Z. And like, literally quotes from what they're planning on doing in terms of uh, paying for media sponsorship and X Y Z. Um, but let's just flip it and talk about the potential positives because the state of E3 at the minute it's not in a very good place. It's just boring, isn't it? I feel like more and more people are realizing now that E3 isn't the one and only thing where stuff gets announced and mm. you get to play games early, um, then it's, people are kind of losing interest in it. Mm. Because for people like us, obviously, it being from the UK, mm-hmm. we have uh, EGX, Eurogamer Expo. Uh, we have Gamescom over in Europe. Mm-hmm. So we're maybe not going to go all the way to E3 because it's just... Just a bit boring now. Well, I was going to say, like, yeah, what have you guys think? What have you guys thought of E3 this generation? Because I feel like it's lost its spark a bit. I've, I've never. I guess I've never been like big, big on E3. Like I like catching up with all the highlights, everything. But mm. afterwards, like it's never been something I'm like, oh my god, I have to be there. I like seeing everything that comes up afterwards, where it's all like the clip little highlights. And everything. Right. I really like it as a showcase reel. I think it's a great like little shower of everything that's coming up and mm-hmm. get like get some hype brewed up sort of thing. Um, so I, I think the way that it's going for me is probably a bit more preferable because it's all mm. trailers and live action things and all that sort of stuff. I think and uh, CG trailers and that sort of stuff I think that's exciting mm-hmm. but I think that it's definitely um, falling off the edge of what it once was it's golden age has declined yeah. where it was all like early access and proper game celebration and now it's please come to E3 please like, <laughs> please, please notice yeah. us um, do you think the same thing Rich in terms of like it's been a while since E3 really d- um, debuted something that we didn't sort of know was coming 
Yeah, probably because anything and everything leaks these days anyway. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot less hype kind of around it. I feel like another big thing about obviously actually the the process of going to E3, like and not mm -hmm. just like sitting at home and watching it, mm -hmm. is like it's it's the whole being there, the whole atmosphere. And I feel like the atmosphere these days is just taken over by like, here, do you want to go wait three hours in a queue to play <laughs> Cyberpunk for five minutes? Yeah. And that has totally taken over. So what we did see in this news article was a lot of ways they were thinking of improving that. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is one positive so they're looking at um doing what like disneyland does and um making sure you spend a little time in the queue as possible yeah they've got like a they've got like a fast pass system yeah. they're talking about um which is weird because like that in theory is a cool idea that you can pre-book something that you want to play um but they also said they're going to allow ten thousand more people into the venue which Ooh. seems kind of nuts when the, this year's counterproductive but yeah maybe <sighs> you know this whole thing sounds to me like fire festival was a good idea when that came <laughs> on the table and look at what that mess was so yeah. mm. actually god if you think about fire festival because one of the one of the opening statements from this thing is that they're focusing on celebrities and influencers and like it's fire festival for the gaming be. world like. I mean they like sort of outline this thing where they talk about like you know the general sort of like social currency that E3 has and trying to build that back up and make sure that it's this like you know you can't miss it mm. E3 is the place where everyone's going to be oh. and whatever which I haven't I really I think of E3 like in more of a trade uh, instance which like I guess if maybe that's the only way for them to recapture an identity that's bankable mm. um but I don't like I said I, well like you mentioned before I don't think of E3 as the essential thing anymore yeah. mainly cuz like what you said Rich in terms of things leak all the time plus like if we talk about like uh, the Nintendo Directs like that's like a little mini E3 every what like yeah. month or whatever at the minute yeah um, oh, I don't guys prefer that especially if you like Nintendo which mm. we obviously do mm -hmm. are you a lukewarm Nintendo come, Luke on, in. Like, come on in I'm over here I'm with Xbox I'm uh, trying to make Microsoft feel better I'm rubbing their back <laughs> come on sweetie come um, on you can do it yeah. but no, there was up. once upon a time when I thought the Nintendo tree houses were like kind of lame yes. and I thought the whole like show floor like stage presence was much cooler mm. but nowadays I find myself enjoying the pre-recorded shows mm. so much more maybe mm. I'm just more into Nintendo nowadays who knows no but like it's but, a um, weird like transition though because yeah. like the thing that Nintendo have done is what you said Ash about like the, the difference of like you know like packaging all the stuff for me three and just mm. giving you it in one big live stream yeah. Nintendo cut out all the fluff there's yeah. no like awkward stage bants there's nothing going wrong oh it's god just, you know, <laughs> it's all the stuff that you want which like a part of me misses the old cringy E3 because you only get that if you stay and watch it live like the demo doesn't work and the yeah. person's left on stage or something doesn't fire or whatever but it just hurts your soul watching it happen it's like <laughs> oh this is really good like really good crack but uh -huh. oh I feel bad for you like but it's like when was the last time either of you guys watched one live and is it a thing that's going to be going to come down to the fact that we're in the UK like loads of stuff happens during the night but did you guys ever used to watch them at the time when they were live always, I always catch used to. up always catch up in the right, morning okay. I always watch highlights in the morning that's uh -huh. always been my way of doing it but like I guess I'm just a bit cynical like that mm. I'm always like I you wouldn't just, sleep you just love your sleep by the way yeah. I'm yeah, the same. Yeah. I'm the same as long as it's if it's on later than 1 a.m i tend to just watch it mm -hmm. in, a, in a watch it on a what culture game and catch up hey. in the morning um but no i really like watching them live uh, microsoft's event is usually uh, around 8 p.m our time mm -hmm. so i've watched that for the past few years mm -hmm. um and like nintendo i watch live because live tweeting and stuff like right. that it's fun but, but i think if it, yeah if, if it's in terms of like yeah what they can offer i wonder if they've looked at their data and realized how many people don't watch it live mm. versus obviously the coverage they're going to get anyway like you know whatever they put out and go this thing came out you know, and was announced at e3 mm -hmm. it's going to get picked up by all the mm -hmm. news outlets regardless um but i guess in terms of like trying to save e3 or like sort of build on the stuff that they're going for um for me a lot of the big stuff like especially like in the last few years has come, came from the game awards mm, where yeah. it's like you already have the award side of it and then all the trailers alongside it yeah which 
which I, I like that in terms of you know like you get a little bit extra it's not just they the have that stuff. extra level of hype where you're like oh who's gonna win game of the year yeah. and oh are we gonna get new games mm-hmm. yeah so maybe that's what E3 is trying to do it's trying to match that like what what extra things can we have and like mm-hmm. you said they're thinking of bringing celebrities in and yep. I'm like okay if turning it, into a festival if it becomes like a celebrity and influencer like ruled sort of place it's gonna turn into like an esports event and then people mm. with like a games there like I feel like that's the way it could be going ah yeah. esports are fun they're esports very- can be awesome but I'm not I, saying like, it's a bad thing no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's like they like that's the thing they kind of feel like separate things and they're mm. like in terms of them bringing like influence influencers and stuff in like um you know with, with twitchcon because i haven't been to twitch oh my god twitchcon how much does like twitchcon is all about the individuals and the influencers they don't have like new game reveals or anything like, no, no, part, no 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 that's it's, just, it's purely about streamers and yeah. like products for streamers i've never been to the san diego one but i went to berlin last year and mm-hmm. it was uh, apparently a lot smaller mm-hmm. so i i don't have the 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 full knowledge but in but, terms um, of like what twitchcon is like the appeal of it like is there yes. a way to do a half TwitchCon, half E3 thing? Or does that just seem like um, they can't, they like don't match? I feel like that's what E3 are wanting to do. They're yeah. wanting to make it a lot more about um, wanting to go with your friends and it being this big sort of, like you said, festival event. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere where you're going to get a bunch of freebies, you're going to maybe try some new games and just have, like, enjoy the time mm-hmm. and the people that you see there, for sure. I think that could really, really transform E3. However, um as long as it doesn't verge on being too cringy. I think it's like it'd be a hard <laughs> line to walk because like for me if I think of like TwitchCon or I think of like you know um, Twitch personalities like yourself or like whatever oh, and it's like well, um... you want to have like you know you want to have individuals that you believe in that you want to watch and you want their opinions on games yeah. which like for me is is the complete opposite of E3 trying to control its message and all mm-hmm. these different messages that they've put out as part of this new report in terms of like doing like deals with different media personalities like I mean in terms of like you know like trying to be an independent media personality like you're not going to watch someone you're not going to go to a show for it to see a certain individual knowing that they're going to champion the game that they're seeing regardless like yeah. you'd want to go and then just see what they say which yeah, doesn't really yeah. work if, if so if they're inviting them for like to pour their stance yeah exactly kind like of then, then the their response is also kind of controlled which like for me the whole appeal of watching an individual or whatever is that they're yeah. more freeform which like I don't really think that these things match mm. up. But I, well, I guess if they just it. give them a pass and let them go around and be like, okay, we'll just do some content for mm. us, like they do with like other conventions and stuff. Like influencers at conventions should always be like it should always just be free reign. Give you give them like a pass or whatever, and then they do all their own honest reviews mm-hmm. and everything. And then you can say, oh, they're here, and they'll do a signing tent or whatever, rather than attach them to a specific game. Yeah, or mm-hmm. even give them some kind of panel where yeah. they can have a little presentation or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reveal my ignorance here about the state of E3 at the minute because uh-huh. I've never been and I don't actually like look into a lot of the expo stuff like the show floor stuff so mm-hmm. at, at present state like e3 is it has an expo hall where you can try new games and queue for hours do <laughs> they have any kind of like do they have well they have the keynote speech do they have any kind of like presentations like that where they have people like they could invite celebrities and influencers and well they've done um stuff e- like that. ea did a whole thing um couple years ago with the new battlefield where they had like snoop dogg and a whole bunch of different like jamie fox and a whole <laughs> bunch of different actors all playing battlefield and it's like when they announced the thing as part of this new news saying they want to get smacked in to showcase games that's what my mind went to yeah. um, was when they all got like Snoop Dogg snuck some weed and they all got high and played Battlefield <laughs> I mean that and it's wasn't like, good no and it's like <laughs> and only when people bring it back up again and say oh yeah like that sort of happened but I wonder how much they experimented with that stuff in the in the past to try and build an identity for E3 mm-hmm. as like this big media style thing where all the actors just drop in and who's mm-hmm. going to be there this year and whatever like is that something that interests you guys in terms of it like a big actor popularity showcase Snoop Dogg coming to play Battlefield <laughs> does interest me. I don't know I feel like um, I don't know I, the, the whole concept of it turning this way, it's grabbing at straws as them yeah. pushing themselves out of a grave rather than evolving and changing with the times. 
it's them going, oh, if we do this, maybe we'll still be relevant. Like, that's what it feels more mm-hmm. like, which makes it icky and cringy rather than, oh, wow, that could be exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think actors and big name brands and influencers and that sort of thing is a good idea, but you can't live off your mm. guests and not your content. And they're very much like blatantly saying they want to like, you know, do media partnerships, control what people are going to be saying. Yeah, like, you nah, know, it, it feels like a lot of fake energy. Exactly. You need, you need good, you need, your basis needs to be people coming for good content. Like mm. the content is king. Content mm-hmm. is king, guys. It is. Um, rather than the people who are coming and saying, oh yeah, look at this content. So. That's kind of what I meant about the independence of like Twitch streamers or general sort of streaming personalities in general. Like you go to them because they're separated from this stuff. Yes. Like you don't just want an extension of the, the go-to sort of, mm. you know, like the media cycle in general That's kind of thing. hundred percent. What E3 needs is for people to want to go there. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. they need. Um, so they need to cater to individuals. They need to be real. They need to be like, just, just, they need to, this is going to sound so lame. They need to just be cool. <laughs> yeah. People need to think that E3 is cool again mm. and not just disappointing and boring and three hours of queuing. Because I guess, if, yeah, in terms of E3 being cool, I had a whole point down here about like when E3 was the best thing ever. Mm. And it's like, I, this might sound incredibly lame as well, but I don't know if you guys have like favorite E3s. I totally do. Lots. But it's because it was like the Halo 3 reveal or like Twilight Princess when mm. that got revealed uh, or Wind Waker or. <laughs> oh, you're going to make me cry. Like, that was a big deal. Um, yeah, some of the Metal Gears getting revealed. Like, it was, there's, for me, there were landmark events like in growing up as a gamer kind of thing which I feel like E3's moved away from sometimes because of social media sometimes because of leaks Um, but like yeah trying to get back to when E3 was cool like I guess what do we kind of want from that is it like you want like a more controlled space in terms of the leaks and the news like should developers hang back and reveal epic stuff at E3 I want developers to be interested in going there again Mm. everyone pulling out like a Sony pulling out and all that sort of thing that's what that was a big death that's what makes it feel uncool it's like oh well if my favourites start going then I don't want to go like Uh, that's that's what the, 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 the premise of it is so I think for it being cool again would be for actual brands and developers and mm. companies to see it as cool and a place that they can showcase themselves rather than doing their own individual thing that works really well like mm-hmm. Nintendo Direct they need a platform to be able to hype things up like I, it should just be a hype vehicle I think it mm. should be a reveals and, and CG trailers event like I think that's what it should be that's what everyone used to always think of it as it's weird when you think of like what um, the Game Awards have turned into or mm-hmm. like um, with Gamescom when they hired like Jeff Keighley to do this like this year in 2019 was the first one where they hired the they had an opening show and it was mm-hmm. oh there's going to be these big reveals and whatever and then like you know we stayed and watched it and it was it was a thing there wasn't massive amounts from it but um in terms of them kind of going for that you had loads of partner companies saying like we're going to be revealing our new thing and this you know you're not going to get to see it until gamescom they yeah. tried they did try they tried. um but like with e3 i i wonder if it's because i mean there's a whole bunch of reports on how much it costs to actually be to actually get at mm-hmm. e3 and have a booth there or have like you know, the merchandise and everything else that it, you've already kind of eaten into your profits before you even get to showcase your game i wonder if over time a lot of the companies have just been like actually the esa ask for a hell of a lot of money i mean they're yeah. very corporately minded in terms of the stuff that they're doing uh controlling the message and mm. whatever um if a lot of um companies have just been waiting for the opportunity to just get the hell out of e3 yeah and go do their own live stream or do their own show or whatever um because yeah in terms of nintendo directs like playstation did the state of play which only did like mm. two episodes or whatever it was and nothing really came from it i'm glad they kind of stopped that to be honest yeah but i guess like as an overall question like do you like prefer like a constant stream of, of people that, of different companies updating you on what's going on Versus hanging back and knowing that you need to check into one. Oh, actually, the whole once a year thing. Oh, I think I would. I like that as an event. But, yeah, yeah, but oh my god, but why not make the hype last all year? Oh, I see. Both, I <laughs> That's see what I mean about the direct stuff because like we get like a little little mini E three sort yes. of every every month, and we all like you know crowd around our computers and oh my god, Luigi's got a new skin or whatever it is. Luigi, it's like Luigi, <laughs> and it's always like little things like that. And I think I would take that instead. Um, but. 
E3 hype is so good. It is good. It is a big event. And mm. I wanted to be this big <laughs> once a year gamer event that mm. nothing leaks from. Yeah. It's always going to leak, Rich. <sighs> we're, on, we're online now. Surprises, We've gone... though. I'm gutted. See if I'd found out about Elden Ring watching mm. E3 and not like the day before. <laughs> oh, I would have lost my mind. I still popped my little socks off when <laughs> uh, Elden Ring popped up, though. Yeah. It was, still a, it was still a good time. What do you think in terms of the split between year long and... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Individual I events. Like, uh, I like the big the big one-off. Everyone's like, whoa, mm. okay, what's going on here? I think that that's a, a, a really nice way of doing it, but it would be too void, uh, right. void a year without having loads of little things. I think uh, State of Plays, no directs, Microsoft doing whatever the hell they want. Uh, they have, have no idea what they're yeah, doing. Just have, like, I think little updates throughout the year is a, a, a good way of doing it, but then have their big reveals, their big moments, all for this mm. one place. But then, but then you've got to look at the other side of it, is if everybody sees E3 as this big hype machine where everything gets revealed and everyone's celebrating, Writes and goes, whoa, jubilee. Like, um, jubilee? Jubilee? Jubilant is what I meant to make you say. Um, I'll even like, like an actual celebration is like a jubilee. Yeah, Happy ex- birthday, Queen. Yeah, well, there, yeah. We go. there we go. Royalty of gaming. But Thanks, gaming. If they do that, then everything is competing with each other for mm. having uh, the top spot. Like all the big things get washed away into one big mess. So from like an actual hype and uh, and and from a standpoint of getting developers to get like their pre-releases, pre-orders, mm. all that sort of things for getting people in, invested in their game that they have a better chance of doing it throughout the year rather than all yeah. three. I think if you, because like, yeah, I guess if we were publishers or developers, it doesn't actually make that much business sense to wait and reveal something on the same day that yeah. everyone else is doing you it. You want your spotlight. I think that's what it is. And I th- we reckon that's why 
why Sony pulled out because mm-hmm. they want even more of the spotlight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I am actually swaying more towards like maybe E3 is just done. Because maybe like in, that way is yeah, just in like done. an era of like live streaming, like I said, and Twitch and social media and mm-hmm. getting your message out on the day. Like you don't even need a trade show anymore, yeah. really. Um, and it's like I think my soft spot for it comes from growing up with it, and just like I love those yearly reveals. Like I said, I have those specific game yeah. releases. I like it being such a big deal. Mm-hmm. But it's just maybe it just doesn't belong anymore. It, I think gaming needs something like it. And whether that turns into mm. the Game Awards, where like it's like an award show as well, I think that that's probably more what we need to lean towards is celebrating that as like the new peak of what E3 mm-hmm. could be, where it's like it's an award show, it's got all the reveals, it's got celebrities coming mm. and doing talks, it should have like information and deep dives and all that sort of stuff. It should be like an everything sort of like a week long event, mm-hmm. maybe. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm a bit spitballing. But uh, <laughs> I like, could just have um, more awards. And, yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just make it like a, this big, wholesome event and then E3. Three kind of is like the stip- like whereas it was E3 and then oh Game Awards like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Game Awards and then oh E3 for some extra there's something about the Game Awards that I feel it's a stupid thing to say about a giant live show but I feel like it has heart like yeah. uh, Jeff Keighley clearly cares about what he's putting mm. on and they have like, nice little interviews with different developers and publishers um, and individuals that are responsible for the games you know overall mm. whereas E3 especially with this new stuff feels like it's kind of completely lost the individual and gone full on you know corporate show yeah um, it does feel much more like it's money centred rather than like yeah. love of video games whereas with the game awards it's literally like this was the best indie game of the year this was the best soundtrack mm-hmm. it yeah. feels like it's more like loving mm-hmm. for sure and it's just like that's the thing that i think e3 used to have back in the day whether or not we were blinded because we were younger and we viewed it as more personal because gaming wasn't what it is today game gaming overall was just yeah so much i mean smaller. that's true it's huge now yeah so. and it was like when you put e3 on when you were like younger in your teens or whatever it was like this is my event it's the mm. big sort of special thing um but obviously as gaming's got bigger and more mainstream yeah. they've started playing to that mainstream crowd it's like how the internet works is isn't it? It's mm. like every, before the internet, everyone was like, ooh, I had to ring up people on my phone. I had to watch this. Onto, I had to record it onto a tape recorder. Oh, God, uh, it's E3 dial-up. Well, yeah, it's, like, it's, it, it's like when everyone could come together to see this one thing, whereas now it's available all the time and it's like the internet streams everywhere. Mm. Like it's all, like you don't need need it. Yeah. What do you think in terms of, because I've, I've got a little point down here about um, the way that I feel like some of these companies or um, uh, shows like think of gamers. Mm. Like, because like I said, like since, um, you know, like the Wii blew up and then Call of Duty 4 blew up and it was all of a sudden gaming was way more mainstream. You had celebrities he's getting involved in tournaments and mentioning stuff um do you kind of feel that shift overall as well like having grown up as gamers like because i feel that difference when i I think when i look at the notes that they're making in terms of how they're going to frame e3 it's not marketed towards me anymore it's not marketed towards someone who's going to be there in a midnight launch it's marketed to the people who are going to buy a shirt that says gamer with a three on r or whatever on the end which isn't at all the people who used to support the industry in the first place i'm getting major deja vu here i feel like i've been asked this before maybe Maybe. i'm just oh it's weird so (laughs) So you think E3 is more for kids? Not necessarily kids, but just a more casual approach. Because the the casual pool is so much bigger than the dedicated hardcore, like, you know, F you noob, look at my kill streak type of people. Uh, Which is like... Happily sit in the resident. It's true. It's like, that's a nice warm little pool. Um, But that's the thing. It's like they're trying to market to a a bigger sort of industry. Like, yeah, there is way more downsides to the extremely angry, you know, the the actual gamers or whatever. The people who feel like they gatekeep the whole industry. Like, that's not who you want to play to either but the mainstream app stuff the Clash of Clans people mm. that kind of thing I don't know but I feel like my from my experience of the game industry growing up as a gamer mm. um, I, I guess it's, it's it's different it's different because like I grew up with lots of people who are like the aggressive gamer who's like I play all this like uh, right. prove yourself to me you've got to prove that you're a gamer all that sort of thing which uh, I guess comes with the territory that's rage on Dark Souls uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean it just comes with the territory of being yes. a girl like growing up sort of thing you have to mm. be like oh yeah I'm a girl who also likes games lol um, but so you have that and then 
as it's go, gotten more popular and moved into the mainstream and everyone can ex- access it and be different levels of gamer and everyone can celebrate all the different things that gaming offers, I feel like it's eased up so much. The mm. gatekeeping has stopped. It's much more enjoyable. All the things that gaming is offering has loads more opportunities to flourish mm. because everyone is putting into it and dibbing in and saying, oh, well, maybe I'll try this like, because of the big casual pool that we mm-hmm. now have. So I, I, I prefer the how it's grown than when it was in the past. And I'm... I don't know how much that reflects in E3, but I feel like the people who wear the gamer with the three, oh, yeah. that, would, they... that would have been my past, whereas now I think right. yeah, that people are a lot more chill. I don't mm-hmm. need to get a life. I have money. Or... I don't yeah. get old, I level up. There's like there's loads of things like that. I think it's like, it is weird because you mentioned the Disney thing before and they do mention it in their news thing as well in terms of like fast tracking queues and passes and stuff. It's like, is would it be, I mean, is it a viable future for E3 to become the Disneyland of gaming? Oh, Which is yes. like, it is the most like easily accessible thing. Do you know what? Yeah. Yes, because why not? Yeah, mm. maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe they ditch, <laughs> they ditch all the trailers. They di- they ditch the whole exclusivity thing. They lose everything that we used to associate with E three, and they trade on the name alone. Because E three mm. is one of the only like mainstream gaming shows that yeah. most people know as a household name. Just keep it as a big festival once a year where there's the odd NBA players playing NBA. <laughs> and uh, yeah, honestly, mm. I think that is a good shout. It's as cringy as it sounds, mm. just have it as a big festival. Mm-hmm. I think we've absolutely turned face on this. Cause I, at the beginning I was like- oh, I don't yeah. think I have. Uh, no, it sounds really cringy and horrible at being a big <laughs> festival, but, no, but like it, it like, I agree. It having the gimmicky, like the big like stage show, mm. but like somewhere you'd want to just bring your kids to. Yeah, entertainment. Yeah. Like right. take take something from a game, make it real life, and everyone go, "Wow, okay, it's a real Lego car." <laughs> like that's what I want to see. Like uh, I want to see. I nonsense. would want to go there with my friends as yeah. well. Oh, Scott, man. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I wouldn't go to that stuff, and I love that what that is. But for me, that wouldn't be. But that's the thing. Like that's that, not it E3. It's not E3. Um, and I wonder if like they they're just maybe this is the thing that makes the most sense because mm. because of all the leaks, because of all the things that take the sting out of what E3 used to be that maybe this is one of the only things that they have left to do the only cards they have left to play is to become as mainstream as possible I think it's, it's few, I don't think it's what it needs right now as much as we can celebrate mm. this festival idea I don't think right now no because it's not going to work it, like, it's still, it is still reliant on a lot of developers and people going and showing their trailers having a, having a good time and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing it's still, it, there's still a place for that a smaller one there's still very much a place for that but I think that that is its future and I right. think putting safeguarding uh, methods into place um, to try and get there it, again they're still crawling themselves out of a grave and it's going to be cringing until they figure it out <laughs> Um, uh-huh. I think once they actually get there and find their feet and get an identity again, that's what's going to be what's, what saves them. And if it's mm. festivals and influencers and big, like, paper mache monsters roaming around that you can, like, play paintball with, I don't oh, know. Oh, they've got a giant foam shovel, mate. Yeah, I'll exactly. Go. Like a night wander yeah. around shoveling things and you yeah. can play. The, I just I just think having gimmicks is a good a good way for them. Like a go. celebration of all things gaming, but yeah. in, like, yeah. a service-level thing. Big-ass Fortnite climbing There'd be prayer. so much yeah. of that. Oh, yes. What? You want the Fortnite thing? I would thing? climb up the fort. I'd probably climb the Fortnite thing. Yeah, you would. Oh, it's bad, this. Okay, so <laughs> let's do let's do some general sort of, like, wish-listy stuff for right. the new E3. So you, you so imagine it's going to be festival-style. Fortnite fort. So you've got your, your Fortnite climbing frame. Aye, what, what would your balance be between the um, your influencers, your celebrities, your known quantities? Um, How do you sort of get the people in without being too forced? to making it cringy uh i want them to convince i want it to be somewhere that gaming like youtubers and stuff and people and things want to go to but i'm not sure how they would do that because <laughs> it's 1 p.m and i'm really tired mm. but it's <laughs> like, 10 to 2 rachel <laughs> okay it's 10 to 2 actually it's 10 to 2 rachel yeah i want them to get it to a state where they don't have to pay people to lie about it i want it to be <laughs> i want it to be so cool that people want to go and people like us maybe if we were invited that would be really cool it would be really cool let's would, go um, would want to go and then they're going to give an honest opinion about it and they're going to have a better time and then people are going to be excited to see them mm-hmm 
Um, and as for people going as part of the public, yeah, they're going to want to go because these people that they look up to want to go. My like inroad for it is you pick the celebrities that are already known as gamers. Um, you get people like Dara O'Brien um, or Ronda um, Rousey. Well, yeah. She plays games. She plays she Warcraft, she? Yeah, she, she loves can, Her and Conor McGregor can come, come fight over yeah, the UFC. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> nomenclature. But um, yeah, I think there's a... I'll probably do the inroad with them. I wouldn't just be like, here's... I couldn't even think of... Name me a random celebrity. Chris Hemsworth. I would be like, here's Chris Hemsworth. He'd actually be really cool. Yeah, he'd honest. be really cool. Uh, yeah, not him. He's also Thorsey. James Corden. Don't get James Corden. Oh, oh God. I was, no, just I, talking about, <laughs> I was just talking about James on the main channel. Um, what, James Corden? Yeah, I was. Yeah, we talked about Into the Woods. Anyway, oh, that's irrelevant. It's not my favorite film. Yes, so, but I, I was sort of suggesting like people who we already know as being YouTubers that are gaming YouTubers. Right. Like, I'm not saying I'd love to meet PewDiePie, but I would love to meet PewDiePie. Get, get, get that. <laughs> get that happening if you get the little tease um, out no yeah so exactly like you're saying like or or even further afield like more household names but who are well known as being gamers mm. yeah it's sure. a weird, there's a weird split as well in terms of um, like Jack Black started his new YouTube channel which yes, like, was kind of be a gaming thing someone like him all the Javinsky games Jack stuff. Black over PewDiePie yes <laughs> big old Jack Black I'm a huge fan of his oh that would be really cool yeah. it's weird because like, like there was the whole thing of like um, you know YouTubers becoming celebrities over time and then now there's a few celebrities becoming YouTubers Jack Black has a channel Will Smith has a channel <laughs> And it's like, I you know. I want to see Soldier Boy in there. Like, you with don't his, want Soldier Boy. You'll bring more consoles. <laughs> Would you like a small Soldier Boy elite? Um, but I think, yeah, I think that could be a potential inroad is you find that Venn diagram. You don't just give it to someone like James Corden or whatever mm. that is maybe like a known name but doesn't really know the subject matter because I think... Yeah, I think they were saying about getting athletes in that article. Yeah, that they was, were saying get like Hussein Bolt to do... One of their examples was He's tied the, up with Virgin. He's tied up with it's Virgin. It's true. One of their examples was the LA Lakers playing um, in a basketball game or something. Yeah, but they're not gamers. So that, well, that's the thing, right? So I wonder how much the, that that idea of what is a gamer that like has kind of gone back and forth. It's been gatekeeps and you know. Oh, we sort of, we're who like am I to say that they're not gamers? Maybe they do like well, a good game. It, but that's, that's true. That's, I wonder. Sorry. Depending on who they pick, um, you know, they could pick certain people that have that sort of gamer credit. It's like this invisible like, sort of way that we view certain people. Like I said, Dara O'Brien, he's a, he's a gamer, he knows his stuff. <laughs> you kind of want to pick those people that could hang with the remaining people who would go to E3 because they want the hardcore game stuff. I think having athletes is a good idea because of how many sports games there are. So like mm -hmm. obviously NBA and FIFA and that sort of thing. Yes, that would be really cool for the people who like those games, but also it draws a new audience in, which we not we might all be like, well, they're not gamers, but I think that's a really good <laughs> way of getting, fans. getting people into games gaming isn't it like go to an expo yeah. have a great time see all of this stuff that they had like a no idea about because there's still like a weird thing about gaming for being for nerds all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. they go in and say okay wow this is cool stuff this cool person's here maybe i'll pick up that new copy of the last of us 2 and like try it out sort yes of thing, so. that's true because if they have it big enough which let's mm. be honest it's pretty big yeah. then there's no you don't have to gatekeep it you don't have mm. to like funnel it to only be a mm. certain type of game mm. gamer celebrity mm -hmm. yeah you could literally have like a bit of everything that's really mm. cool i think that's what they, i'm assuming that's what they're going to try and do the big push at the minute seems to be like just steering headlong into the mainstream stuff. There was a um, there's a, a user on Twitter called uh, Daniel Ahmed who's the big sort. He puts a lot of uh, data out about different like attendance figures. He's very much lots of insider sort of figures. Um, and he was saying, oh, you put up a big list of the attendance figures for E3, and it's about a quarter of the average other show. Mm. So at the minute E3 is way down. Like something like Gamescom was like closer to 300,000 uh, people who went there. Um, E3 was about 66,000. <gasps> so it's like Keepers. at the minute E3 is is trailing. But I think that something like this, like you said, I that, had no idea. I could. Mm. Uh, yeah. Wow. And 
it's like that inroad that you said about like you know bring your kids bring your family go check out e3 it's yeah. a casual thing it's a disneyland type thing um that would be the best way this could go mm. um i think that reading some of the things that they've put out there's a there's a really cringy way for them to go yeah. like overblown with every celebrity they can get their yeah. hands on and it just feels too try hard but hopefully going forward they might figure it out they've got to do some trial and error and they've got to mess up before they get right so yeah. I, th- I think as much as this does instantly goes <laughs> like uh, <laughs> i think i think it will uh, i think it will get better with time and there's plenty of opportunities for it to be a real grand lovely mm. thing as well but it's just i think it needs time to grow before mm-hmm. we all go get rid of it like that, that's i'll be going get rid yeah. of it as my natural reaction yeah, Rach, yeah what are your final thoughts uh no i'm just really really glad that they recognize that they're not they're at at present there's something they need to work on and i think that is the first step it's a good first step and mm. they'll hopefully come up with some good ideas mm-hmm. yeah. to make it this awesome new thing that we all maybe hopefully get to go to we can, all, we cool. can all go climb on the fortnite yes thing. let's go climb the fortnite hey but yeah let's do anything down in the comments below if you're watching the video side of things or come find us on social media if you're listening on the audio platforms for now though this has been the what culture gaming podcast and i've been your host scott tailford joined by ash milman goodbye and rachel shackleton take it easy and we'll catch you next time bye bye uh... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.